You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we've got Natalie Moore joining us. Welcome Natalie, how are you? Good, thanks Jason. How are you? Good. It's great to have you here again. I think this might be your fourth time presenting on our Tassie Encounters Connecting the Dots series. So great to have you back here. Thanks for having me back after such a long interlude. It's been a little while. Uh, that's not been through me lack of trying, mind you. I, I have been uh, yes. emailing you occasionally, <laughs> trying not to hassle you, but uh, saying, hey, Natalie, when, you've, when have you got something ready for us? So I yes. was uh, thankful that you emailed me back uh, yesterday, and uh, here we are. Today. And for the listeners at home, I was not ghosting, Jason. I've just had a little bit going on. Yep. I returned back to work, back to teaching last term in a relief capacity. Um, and then this term I was filling in for someone four days a week. And so it's been a lot to juggle that, our own businesses, running uh, a household, raising a toddler. And so, yeah, <laughs> it to- wasn't for lack of to- trying. Totally understand. Totally understand. But any- anyway, we've got you back here. Um your first couple of programs, you shared with us your uh, journey with cancer and mm-hmm. uh, remission from cancer. And uh, I think the last one, which uh, might have gone to air perhaps in uh, July or late July, perhaps, um, was called Tantrums and Theology. Give us a 30 second uh, summary of that one. That It's such an interesting title. <laughs> yes. So in the middle of my then a little bit over two-year-old daughter's emotional meltdown over something that to me seemed really insignificant. I had this moment of clarity or, I don't know, maybe you could call it a vision, I'm not sure, um, that perhaps when I have my own moments of emotional meltdown, tantruming over something that God asks me to do, his response to me is always one of patience and love and grace, and that deeply affected how... I understood God, but then also my parenting and how I mostly, because I'm still human, mostly respond to my child in her moments of turmoil. And so her tantrum actually deepened my theology. And so that was kind of the impetus for that. I think there is such a a relevance um, in being a parent and how we relate to our children and and the love that we have for them that that helps us get a glimpse. I, I don't... I don't uh, proclaim that we know fully how much love God has for us, but mm. um, it gives us a glimpse, doesn't it, how how much love he has for us. And uh, and there's so much we can learn from the scriptures as to how to be a parent and yeah, how to uh, treat our children and, and, and other people for that matter as well. That's right. Um, now, of course, you can go back and have a listen to the past episodes. Uh, you can search our Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au. If you go to the Listen menu, you can find either the Tassie Encounters or you can actually find Connecting the Dots on there as well, and that's just our Friday programs. And if you go to Connecting the Dots, you'll be able to find the ones that uh, Natalie has presented before and have a listen to those. Um, today, you've got a program titled There's Something About Haggai. Now, Haggai is a very small little book in the Bible, and I'm just intrigued as to why you've decided to talk about this today. So, 
I don't know, there's something about this very small book. Um, I'm not sure how many of our listeners have actually read it. I, to be honest, had never read it until just a couple months ago. Have you read this Minor Prophet, Jason? Uh, look, I have because I've read the entire Bible from beginning to end. But um, oh, go you. But you do forget a lot of what you mm. read, you know, and unless you study it, unless you study it carefully, you do forget things. So I'm, uh, I haven't studied it for, or read it for a while, so I'm grateful to have the opportunity to do this with you today. So Yeah, so in the business of everything I mentioned before in life, I've sort of struggled with having a desire to dig into the Bible like I used to before becoming a mum. And in fact, my mum reminded me of this the other day. She said, I wish I could study the Bible like you do. And I went, did, like I did, because I don't do it anymore. And I'm sad about it some days and other days I just get on with life. Um, but I had to choose a smaller book to sort of dip my toe into rather than a bigger, more robust, pull apart, mm. meatier book. Um, like Deuteronomy or Hebrews, although I do love reading those as well. So I randomly picked Haggai because I hadn't read it before, but also I had a little study guide from the Daily Grace Company to help guide me through it, um, and it was all of two chapters. Mm. And surprisingly, it had a lot more in it for me than I expected. I did uh, a series with um, Peter Watts on the book of Jonah, and that's only four chapters, but there's so much in that as well. It's, It's amazing. Some of these small books... Um, are fascinating and there's so many good lessons that we can learn from them. Um, just want to remind our listeners we do have a free book offer coming up later in the program and our show number today is 0488880891 we've got some questions for you we'll give you a code to claim our free book offer we would love to hear from you today this is a recording but it will be monitored and we will uh, answer your questions uh, by text message if you text us in that's on 0488880891 And, of course, uh, if you answer our question for the day, um, we may well share that next week as we do our next program. So do text us in. We'd love to hear from you. So give us a bit of a background for this book of Haggai. So Haggai is found toward the end of the Old Testament, and it also takes place toward the end of the Old Testament timeline as well. Uh, So it's set approximately in 520 BC, and a small remnant, so that's a small minority or a leftover of the Israelite nation, returns from exile to Jerusalem. And just to to put that into context, I've been studying the book of Daniel. If anyone else is following our morning programs, we're doing the book of Daniel with Peter Watts at the moment. But um, Daniel lived up until about 530 BC, 535 to 530. So this is just after when Daniel died. So that's the mm-hmm. sort of time frame that we're looking at. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and so all that we really know of the author is his name, Haggai, and that he was a prophet. Um, and in the grand scheme of the Old Testament, this is sort of the nutshell summary of where we'll drop into Haggai. So God created the world, Genesis 1, sin entered the world, Genesis 3. God promised a redeemer would come, and that echoes throughout the whole of the Old Testament. In Genesis 12, we meet Abraham, who God chooses to make a covenant with, that the Messiah would come from his line of his family, his descendants. Um, Promises of blessing were made for obedience and consequences for disobedience. We follow the Israelites on their journey of ups and downs, very relatable to us ourselves, um, throughout the years of their faithfulness and unfaithfulness to God. Um, They were granted with the judges and kings that they kept asking for. They wanted judges and they wanted kings like the other nations that surrounded them, had even though they had the ultimate God and 
you know, God as king, uh, but they constantly then opposed these kings and judges and ignored the prophets, and ultimately Israel continues to rebel, and so God allows them to experience the result of their sin. You can mm. read that in various parts of the Bible, but specifically in Second Kings and Second Chronicles. And Israel was ultimately captured by Babylon and broken up as a nation, if you will. But God still promised in his faithfulness that they would not be entirely destroyed and done away with, that a remnant would return to Jerusalem. And he also reaffirmed that the Messiah would still come despite their constant rebellion. It seems to me, isn't it, that the Old Testament, as as uh, I read it through, I, when I say read it, um, I like to listen to the Bible. Uh, mm. Listen, I, I use the Bible app and I listen to it. Um, and I, I've listened to the whole Old Testament, and you you see this pattern recurring over and over again that uh, you know the the Israelites turn away from God. Bad things happen. They turn back to God. You know, God <laughs> looks after them, but God's continually pouring out or reaching out to them to ask them to come back to him and uh, yeah. and that seems to be the the uh, story and, and he never gives up he never gives mm. up calling them back and I find it really interesting with just listening to people who don't know God the way that I do or the way that we do they often can read the Bible and, and I have looked at parts of the Bible and gone, man, I can really see how this sounds so harsh and how people that don't actually read the whole story and know God as a God of love can see him as a vengeful, wrathful, angry God who just wants to rain down fire and brimstone and that sort of thing. And you can kind of go, yeah, I don't want anything to do with him. But if you really read the text and keep reading through it all, you just can't help but see the constant, faithful, unfailing love of God. Mm. It's quite um, amazing. Mm. We've got a question for our listeners today. Have you ever read something from the Bible that directly related to what was going on in your life at that moment? You know, sometimes I've had that happen where I've been searching the Scriptures and something has come to me that exactly is what I needed to read at that time. Mm. We'd love to hear from you. So if you've been reading something from the Bible that directly related to what was going on, going on in your life and it, perhaps it helped you through that time, we'd love to hear from you, share your experience with us. And uh, as you do, have a think about how that made you feel when you found that passage or read that Scripture. We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is My King is Known by Love and it's by the Clark family. Some are known by great authority. Kingdoms as far as eyes can see In royal robes they rule from thrones Waging wars they overthrow through And call it victory My king is known by mercy Name and 
Tessie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're talking with Natalie Moore this morning, and we're having a look at the book of Haggai, which is just a very small book. It's two chapters in the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets. And uh, we asked you a question before the break. Have you ever read something from the Bible that directly related to what was going on in your life at that moment? We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience with us, and uh, tell us how that made you feel, if that's happened to you. Text us in on 488 double eight zero eight nine one today is a recorded program but we will be sharing another program next week and so if you do text in we may be able to share that on our program next week which will be going on to the second part of this uh, study on Haggai so I think um, we need to get into the actual reading of this Natalie absolutely um, I actually had a think about it and went, oh, you know, everyone can read it for themselves. And I thought, how often can you tune into a radio station and get more than one to three verses read to you? Um, and I actually really believe in hearing scripture and large portions, even whole books of it. And like yeah. you said, you prefer to listen to it. So I'm going to read that for you today. Well, we're going to read that for you today. We're going to read the whole book of Haggai to you, and then we'll break it down in a little while. We're going to have a little, you know, chapter one, and then we'll have a little break give you a minute to mull, and then go into chapter two. Mm. Um, So I'm reading from the English Standard Version, 
And this is Haggai 1, starting at verse 1. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. I'm glad Thus, you read that one. There's so many, <laughs> so many difficult words in there. <laughs> right, those names, they never cease yeah. to get me. Verse 2, thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Verse 4, is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your panelled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now this house they're talking about is the house of God, the temple. Verse 5, now therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Do you want to pick it up for us, Jason? Verse yeah, seven. I'll read from verse 7. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Verse 8, Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. Verse 9, You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? declares the Lord of hosts. Because my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore the heavens above have, sorry, therefore the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast, and on all their labours. Verse 12, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message, I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the twenty-fourth day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. It's interesting. We're just going to pause there before we go on and read chapter 2, but um, it's just something that, that uh, stands out to me, and I know we're going to unpack this in our next section, but it's interesting here that uh, in verse 4 it's sort of saying that you know people are dwelling, I think I read this in another version, where people are, are building their own houses, they've got you know houses of luxury, and yet uh, the temple has been um, you know neglected and uh, God's sad about this. It's quite an interesting um, perspective that he's sharing through the prophet here. Um, yes, and interestingly, after years in exile too, that, so this yeah. remnant has returned, mm. and they're attempting to rebuild their nation and identity, but they're kind of going about it in the wrong way, and that's Haggai's message. It's one of adjusting priorities and loyalties and faithfulness. Mm. And they're, they're looking after their own you know, personal needs before... Mm. The uh, the spiritual aspects. Right. Let's keep reading, I guess. Yeah, let's um, do it. 
I'll, I'll read uh, the first few verses of this next chapter, chapter okay. 2. It says, In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. Would you like to pick it up from there? Verse 6. Sure. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, but the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. On the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priests answered and said, No. Then Haggai said, If someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? And the priests answered and said, It does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, So it is with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. Now then consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of twenty measures, but there were ten. When one came to the wine vat to fill fifty measures, there were but twenty. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, since, that, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider... Is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. From But from this day on, I will bless you. And then verse 20, The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai, and on the 24th day of the month, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders, and the horses and their riders shall go down, every one by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Sheatiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Now we're going to uh, unpack in particular chapter 1 shortly, but uh, any just overall comments before we go to a break that you'd like to make here? In reading over chapter 2 again, I sort of went, 
Yeah, wow. I feel like reading this, if it was for the very first time, and if you're hearing this for the first time, you're going, what in the world was that? I don't understand. So much just happened, but also I wasn't really following it. That's okay, because that's how I felt the first time I read it. A lot gets said. God gives a lot of instruction and a lot of, um, oh, I guess, feedback, mm. <laughs> constructive criticism, if you will, mm. um, to this people who have kind of been governing themselves, been governed by other people, other ungodly people, and have kind of lost who they are and whose they are. And so a lot is happening here. And I guess the overarching theme that we get is that God is just trying to talk to his people and reconnect with them. It's uh, fascinating, isn't it, that he says at the end that he's going to bless them. It mm. says, from from this day on, I will bless you in verse 19. It says, and yet they hadn't really shown a lot of change necessarily, and yet God no. has, has made this decision to to bless them anyway. And, um, mm. you know, there's another verse that says that God pours out the rain on the on the wicked and the righteous. And, you know, sometimes uh, we are blessed even though we're not on the right track. And we also know that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So That's right. He loves us amazingly. Um, it doesn't mean we should stay off track. <laughs> it means we should try to... <laughs> get back on track but uh, he loves us all the way through we've got a question for you have you ever read something from the bible that directly related to what was going on in your life at that moment we'd love to hear from you share your experience how did it make you feel when that happened and uh, text us in your answer on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. this is speak lord speak O lord keith and Kristen getty Test our thoughts and our 
is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Natalie Moore and we're looking at this little book of the Bible, Haggai, and it's uh, just two chapters. We've just read through those chapters and um, we're going to get into it and start unpacking some of what this means. So let's let's do that, Natalie. Let's get into it and uh, start to unpack this chapter one. Nice. So we'll start with um, something that if you're listening in or maybe reading along, you'll notice a few of these repeated phrases in this book in the two chapters, but focusing specifically on the first phrases like thus says the Lord, the word of the Lord and declares the Lord. And I wanted to ask you, Jason, what does this sort of bring to mind? What's this telling you? Do you think? Well, for me, when I hear that, I, I realize that this is a very specific and direct message or directed message from God. It's uh, not just a man's thoughts. It's a very specific command or declaration that, uh, you know, God has made through the prophets. Yeah, absolutely. And we see it over and over again throughout the Bible in different books, and especially here, that God is actively trying to communicate with his people mm. He has been all throughout the Old Testament since here in Haggai we're toward the end of the timeline and the actual collection of books that make up the Old Testament. And often his people's hearts and ears, like ours, are distracted or uninterested or are hearing it and choosing to ignore it. And the interesting thing is, even though I guess you would call that a version of unfaithfulness. God is faithfully continuing to try and reach his people mm. constantly. Some, sometimes, and we, we saw a bit of that in chapter 2, which we'll talk about more um, next week, I know, but um, sometimes God gets our attention through challenges, through difficult times, and it actually, mm. it actually mentioned that in chapter 2. But, yeah, he's always reaching out to us. In one way or another, he's trying to reach us. That's right. So I really liked in verse 5 we read the phrase, consider your ways, and then it lists off, you know, you do something and it's not enough and you eat and you're not full and so on and so forth. But I like the word consider. Mm. When you consider something, what what do you think that means? Well, what do you know that consider means, Jason? It uh, 
it, it reminds me of uh, I'll, I'll just tell you a little story. There, there are a couple of people in my family who deliberate very heavily if they're going to make a significant purchase. It might be a car or something. And they they do all the research and they look at all the aspects and the, the different um, you know pros and cons and all of that. And they put a lot of effort into analysing the situation and uh, trying, to make, so? trying to make the best decision. Um, and I, I'm a little bit more spontaneous. I, I sort of often get a gut feel for what it is that I'm looking for and I'll do a quick review of the specifications whatever and then I make a decision fairly quickly whereas others deliberate but I think this is like you know consider your ways is you know take a good look at it you know really assess it weigh it up have a look at um, your life and how that's Mm. how that's going compared to perhaps what I would call best practice in business, you know, um, in, in in terms of the spiritual context, are we are we really in alignment with God in our lives? Mm. So reading this, yeah, like you said, we see that God is asking them to be reflective, to think about their ways, their attitudes, their habits, their condition that they're in this situation. And that's the way that we read it. We see the word consider and that's where our minds go. But interestingly, I actually looked up the word used here in the Strong's Concordance and found that the original Hebrew word sum, I'm probably butchering how to pronounce that, but sum nevertheless, actually means to put, place, set, appoint, or make. Mm. And so reading that, it actually felt like God was calling them to more than simple passive thought mm, even though that passive thought is you know quite deep there's some action in there somewhere. yeah it's an active action reaction response mm. not only to think about this situation but to put a solution or a plan in place and to actually make an effort mm. you know it reminds me of um when nathan the prophet came to king david after he had uh committed adultery with Bathsheba. It reminds me of that situation Mm. where Nathan told the story and then eventually David realised that the story was actually talking about himself. And then I think he went away and wrote Psalm 51. That to me was the, um, the, both the, the contemplation of what he'd done, but also the action of then going to God and asking for forgiveness, Mm. asking with a contrite heart, it says, you know, that he really, he took action to change his ways. Mm. Mm. And I actually like the thought of when, I mean, it's like God could have just said, think about what you've done. And Mm. I think, again, throwing back to parenting and, you know, tantrums and theology, if you tell your child, go and think about what you did, you're not really asking them to make a difference, to make a change. You're just going and telling them to think about it. And it's very Mm. easy to go, yep, I've thought about it. Mm. And then to not do anything as a result. It's Mm. that same kind of vein as tell your brother or sister that you're sorry sorry but they're not really are they really sorry (laughs) sorry is more than it's an action it's a Mm. change in response change in how you interact in the future and how you redo that if you could um i actually heard was it wasn't i can't remember where it was now but i think they were talking about um in sort of jewish tradition that before you apologized for something you actually had to 
walk the walk and show that you were truly repentant mm. before you went to the person and said, I'm sorry. Whereas our culture, we say sorry, and then we want to see the effect afterward. Mm. But they actually had to prove it before they could even say the words. Mm. Um, and so I guess this is where that consider comes in. Like God's going, hey, consider what you've done. Don't just come here offering things, making your sacrifices and going, sorry, and not changing. Think about what you've done. Do something about it. Make an active choice to change your ways and do it. Mm, Absolutely. And as we read those surrounding verses, we find, I mean, it sounds like their situation seems okay. They're living in their own houses, as we said earlier, and they're making lives for themselves, but they seem to be lacking something, and that's that contentment. And they were striving and hustling, and maybe that's where that connection to me in the last couple of months, maybe this is why Haggai spoke so profoundly to um, me in the last couple of months, was that it feels like we're just like going, 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 just treading water, but it never feels like what we're doing is enough. Mm. And maybe that's, I don't know about you, but that felt relatable in that maybe my priorities were a bit skewed. Mm. We um, have been uh, listening on our Connecting the Dots program uh, a few weeks ago. We had George Vandeventer share his testimony and and uh, a similar thing that um, he was, uh, at, after having a difficult period of time in his life, he, he then found success in the uh, financial world and the material world and he was doing extremely well, but... Um, he was very busy and uh, you know earning lots of money, having all the cars and the and the things. Mm. But um, he said he felt empty, and uh, I think that's that lack of contentment that we have when we're striving to achieve all of these things that aren't really God-driven things. Um, and I'm not making a judgment on your life <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. But often we do pursue things that are not God-driven, and um, we end up not really being satisfied with all of that Mm. busyness. And I heard something recently too um, on one of my team business calls that there's nothing inherently wrong with the things. No, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with being rich or being well off or having the things. But it's about, again, it's those priorities and where are you working from and what to what end. Mm. If that you're working so hard to be rich, not to bless others with... Mm. you know what you've been working for it that's that's where the clincher is especially for christians is what are you why are you working for that money and what will you do with it mm. is it just for the sake of having it because you'll never have enough it'll never feel enough it's um a lesson that i learned in my life that uh, i you know had to get to a point where i realized that nothing really belongs to me you know even what i earn is actually god's anyway and my life is his uh, if we put everything in his, his hands, then uh, um, it makes it a lot easier to um, let go of that, I guess, that attachment to the material world and the things around it. So um, We've got a book offer. It's time to talk about that. It's uh, This is a great book, and it's sort of relevant because the book of Haggai is in the middle of uh, this book. It's a Journey Through the Bible, Part 2, and this goes from Psalms to Malachi, which is sort of the latter part of the Old Testament. And it says in this second volume of Journey Through the Bible, the author Ken Wade continues the adventure through the rest of the Old Testament. Within these pages, you'll find everything you need to grasp the central message of each Bible book 
and encouragement to help you to persevere through the portions that may seem obscure or difficult. And it goes from Psalms all the way through to Malachi and, uh, of course, Haggai is Haggai is in there along with many of other minor prophets and major prophets as well. So after the break, we'll give you the code for this book. But right now, this is Nothing in This World by Carly Fletcher. There is nothing in this world that can truly satisfy me like Jesus, Jesus' love. For His love is truly deeper, truly purer, truly sweeter. Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and uh, we're finishing up our program today with Natalie Moore. We've been talking about the book of Haggai, the Old Testament minor prophet. It's uh, one of the last few books in the Old Testament. And before the break, we talked about this book that covers all the way from Psalms to Malachi, including the book of Haggai. 
and uh, it gives you a bit of a summary of those books and helps you understand the purpose of them. And uh, we'd love to give you a copy of this book today. You just need to text in this code with no spaces. Just connect 26, connect 26, no spaces. Text that into 0488 880891. So that's connect 26 to 0488 880891 to claim this book, Journey Through the Bible from Psalms to Malachi. Now, uh, we've got about uh, seven or eight minutes to wrap this up today. How would you like to uh, finish extracting some meaning out of this chapter one, Natalie? So we'll drop in right here. God is calling his people back to himself. He's calling Mm. them to focus their priorities on him. So if you remember after the Exodus, you know, Moses and that dramatic exit out of Egypt through the parting of the Red Sea, through the wilderness and whatnot, God asked his people then to build a tabernacle, the tent of meeting, so that he could meet with them, be with them, uh, and, you know, they could actually experience his physical presence there. Um, He was with them in the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire, then through the tabernacle, and eventually they built an actual temple. This first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. The exile happened, and they're returning. And so here he's on the surface asking them to rebuild the temple, but if we look a little deeper, he's actually asking for a place for them to meet with him. Mm. We see he's longing to be with them, to be part of them, to dwell with them. And more than just be with them, he's actually calling them to have a heart change. To It's a call to repentance, yeah. even. Yeah. It seems like um, at this point in time, um, they had been, I guess, released partly from their captivity in Babylon. They'd been given some mm. freedom to go back to Jerusalem, and they were very busy building their own houses and, and other things. But it didn't seem like that really put their attention back on their relationship with God. Uh, that's the way I read it when it talks about how, you know, they were living in their luxurious houses, but the temple was neglected. And again, it's we note, there's nothing wrong with having a luxurious house or having mm. the things. It's how are you going about them? Is having them your top priority or is it, or is your having them a result of God blessing you for your faithfulness to Him? And Are you working and serving rather and than striving for yourself? And Sorry. Pa- perhaps um, also, you know, is striving for those things getting in the way of your relationship with God is another mm, thing as well. That's right. But, uh, so, we, we studied the rich young ruler, um, which is a similar mm. sort of lesson in the New Testament that Jesus had that discussion with. So, yeah. Mm. In verses 12 to 15, and we might read them again, we see that the people's hearts actually are stirred. There is a bit of a response brewing. So, uh, Jason, would you mind reading those if you've got it handy? I will, yes. It says, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai the prophet, And the Lord their God had sent them, as the Lord their God had sent them. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, 
governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. Mm. So we can see here that they were actually inspired by Haggai and the message that he had for them from God. Mm. They were so inspired that they didn't just sit there going, oh, wow, that was so inspiring. They actually did something as a result of it. They obeyed the call that was presented to them, that God had for them, I guess, you know, for some it's that call of go and make disciples or go and do this, go and fix this, go and build this, go and release whatever mm. it may be that is that you've got a hold like on or that has a hold on you, release that, let go. But they actually obeyed and as a result God spoke again to his people with the greatest declaration that we find over and over again in the Bible, that statement of I am with you. And we hear that echoed throughout the Bible, and we hear it especially in the New Testament, I am with you even to the very end of the age. Mm. We have it constantly there, and it's still whispered, you know, thousands of years later here where uh, where we are, where we find ourselves. And they're actually encouraged and reassured by God's presence. And in that, they set a course of action, and they actually do it. They begin to rebuild that temple with that heart change, and that priority reset. Mm. It's it's nice when you see um, at points that uh, mm. the the Israelites did actually get the message and then they did actually change because so often they seem to ignore the message but this time yeah. they did actually change and I guess that's yeah. what God's calling us isn't it you know when we when we have uh, different experiences in our life and they might be good experiences or they might be bad experiences but. Often those experiences are sent to help us to refocus on our relationship with God, and mm. it's up to us to choose to do that. That's right. I mentioned earlier, too, that one of the reasons I picked up the Haggai was that I had a study guide, a bit of, you know, unpacking and some probing questions um, from a company called Daily Grace Company there in the States, and they started out as a uh, company that produced Bible-based uh, study material for women, but they also do men and kids now as well. Mm. And so they had this study on Haggai. So I wanted to share one of the little points that they made, which I thought was quite great. So it says, our culture places a great emphasis on our need for self-awareness, but far more than that, we need a God awareness. We cannot understand who we are without an understanding of who God is, his character that humbles us, encourages us, and compels us to worship and respond. Mm. And I quite liked that because, yeah, it's so true. We have this very, you know, modern view of you do you, whatever makes you happy, you know, do it your way. Self-care, self-awareness, it's all about ourselves, and that's quite at odds with what we see throughout the Bible, because whenever they were focusing on self, things didn't get out so great. Mm. <laughs> Whereas mm. when they were in tune with God's leading and probing, they did a lot better. Mm. Mm. I especially like here too that God's word went out with a purpose and it went out to call his people back to him. And as Isaiah, another major prophet, Isaiah 55 tells us, it says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me 
empty, but I will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And in this case, it did. The hearts of the people were turned, refocused, and they obeyed. Mm. And I love that. And that's a call for us, isn't it? When, whenever we study the Bible, there's something that uh, we can learn from that. And, of course, you know, it's easy to sit back and make judgments on, you know, the people of Israel or the Jews or whatever. And so, well, mm. they didn't do very good at that. But um, it's, it's not about that. It's about looking at that and saying, well, how does this apply to me today? And uh, Consider our ways. Mm, are we focusing our relationship on God or are we chasing other things and, and even trying to find value and worth through other things rather than, in our um, in our connection and in our relationship with God. So yeah. next week uh, we'll go on and we'll dig into Haggai chapter 2. So we'll be looking forward to having you back next week with us. On Monday we've got Afi Tuaoi and he's continuing a study of another minor prophet, Hosea. And uh, we're up to chapter 4 next week. So uh, that's on Monday. So do join us for that study um, on Monday with Arfi. So um, remember our book offer today, Journey Through the Bible. This is the second or the second part of a book that covers all the way from Genesis, but this goes from Psalms to Malachi. The code for that is CONNECT26 and text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one to claim that free book offer. That will help us to understand all of those uh, books of the Bible that some of them are a little bit tricky and uh, yeah this is a lovely song by Sydney Wolverton it's talking about your heart and it's very relevant to the message today God bless you sometimes I wonder why I don't find what I look for searching places that I know I've been before my friends all tell me said what you look for is already treasure that you seek is waiting right outside your door Jesus opened my door Cause I want the way and I want the one I want the sun to shine on me and I can't believe that you're showing me the truth of your love that I'm the treasure of your heart Treasure